Hey there, welcome to episode 34 of the Cafe Genius Impresarios audio program. I'm your host, Dan Hugo, solo again this week, but that's okay because today we are talking about our secret entrepreneurial innovations ecosystem. Why is it secret? Well, let's, let's talk about that. Today, by the way, is Friday, October 20th, 2023, episode 34 already. Wow, the year is passing quickly. Uh, so uh, this is a program, by the way, about optimism. <clears throat> and so in this episode, uh, some ideas to tackle moving forward and upward. Nobody, I don't mean nobody, nobody talks about our impresarios. So that's why we do. So the news is out. That's the news. Uh, the New York Times reports that Silicon Valley is dumping news outlets, if I can speak. <laughs> the uh, This is not a news program. I'm not going to be covering the ins and outs of each of these things, but I'm just highlighting a couple of items to uh, make note of. So the the new, and these are, there are some links in the show notes. So hopefully you do click on those now and then. They're reasonably relevant. I've pointed to a Yahoo link that summarizes the New York Times article so that you don't have to worry about the paywall so you can read it. So yeah, Silicon Valley, <clears throat> this is uh, Google, for example, not so much into news. There have been issues about uh, republishing, deep linking, and so on over the years. Maybe news just isn't interesting anymore. Hard to say. The uh, NPR, by the way, uh, no longer posting to the X platform, formerly Twitter. I don't either, by the way. <laughs> I haven't I haven't really been using Twitter anymore. Um, so whatever it's called nowadays, uh, it's, they, only, they only lost 1% of their traffic, which is probably probably not a surprise. So the algorithmic changes and whatnot have made news um, probably, I'm going to guess, <clears throat> I'm going to guess that the people that link to news or the, the source, the origin uh, links that NPR would post are not viewed or clicked on they're not certainly not clicked on and they're not viewed as much as the snarky comments when people retweet or otherwise, uh, well, they comment, <laughs> the comments get the press, not the actual article. So people don't read articles. They read the headline and they comment on the headline, not as useful. Uh, so the future of news, and this is already, or the future of interaction. So the future of discussion of news, uh, is arguably, allegedly, uh, the formation of micro-communities, think Discord or Discourse or maybe Slack, maybe Nextdoor.com, which is not a great website, but people in Vegas are fairly active on it, for example, because a lot of behaviors in the world, a lot of car thefts, a lot of uh, purse snatching, a lot of episodes that occur at local grocery stores and neighborhoods, package thefts, etc., <clears throat> so those those are all reported there, which is not a news uh, website. It's it's a micro community. Uh, you're actually geographically selected to be in a particular micro community, and a little bubble forms around there. So maybe uh, maybe we can add in vertical federated tools like Lemmy, which is a Reddit uh, open source version of Reddit, which takes advantage of ActivityPub and Mastodon, which also is based pretty much. Uh, exclusively on ActivityPub. These are ways to share information between federated instances of 
these platforms. So uh, you may have heard about federated platforms. These are sort of like email. You don't all have to use Gmail. You didn't all have to use AOL email back in the day. The, the joy of email is that it's uh, decentralized or you could argue federated. So rather than using ActivityPub, it uses SMTP, Simple Mail Transfer Protocol, to move messages between servers. So you don't have to deal with the details. You don't have to go to someone else's personal blog or you know, Google or, or Outlook. You can literally type in their username at their mailbox location and everything just works. So you no longer have to log into Twitter, for example. You don't have to have a Twitter account and pay a dollar. You can have your own Mastodon server if you want, or you can join any of hundreds of Mastodon instances. And yes, Las Vegas will have one soon now. Uh, the, the clock is winding down. The time is right. But you don't have to be a member of any particular server. You can participate in your own little micro environment, micro community, and interact between them just fine. So news is finding that social media is not necessarily working the way it could or used to, and social media may be losing interest in news. Certainly the American public is expressing that lack of desire. And so news in general is falling out of favor. Local media is essential though. Uh, an informed public is critical so people know what's going on. How would you know how to get to work if you work on the strip, if you're not following the saga of, whoopsie, we forgot people work on the strip from the Formula One construction folks. And of course, during the actual race, uh, they forgot that people need to get to work. And so some mix, uh, some pile of <laughs> RTC buses and shuttles and who knows what will, uh, will bridge the gap. And that's all covered in the news here and there. It's, uh, it actually reached headline status uh, about a week ago, I think it was, or maybe, maybe two weeks. Sometime late in October, ridiculously close to the event, which is uh, around November 16th or so. I think it's four days. So local media is critical. Unfortunately, we mostly see, and by local media, I mean yeah, Southern Nevada, essentially. You have TV old TV stations, which I don't know if anybody watches TV anymore. Um, I usually go to eight news now because if I type eight, my browser fills in my history of the, the links to that, but there's a couple of, uh, legacy television stations. There's uh, the review journal, which is sort of our paper of record for greater Vegas, uh, the sun, the weekly. So there are a few options to figure out what's going on here. Mostly though, they cover Paving the Strip for Formula One, for uh, f uh, they cover the formation of uh, crazy deals with California baseball teams to tear down hotels and resorts or classic resort. How about that? The Tropicana. They cover things like the Sphere and uh, U2 residency. If you are not doing those things and you're not committing political crimes or criminal politics, you may or may not get coverage of any kind. Uh, I will say that, for example, our Las Vegas event in the largest hackathon in the world, the International Space Apps Challenge, a NASA event, received zero interest, much less, less coverage uh, here in Vegas. So uh, the future of our entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem, if it depends on people knowing about it, 
through local media is already in trouble because it is indeed a secret. Uh, so maybe we should consider taking back how we share information with our neighbors, our people in our communities, take control of it and um, proactively engage with people around us. And by extension, the people who visit 40 million people a year come by Vegas and say hello. Why not share what's going on here with something other than <clears throat> local media, which focuses on those things I mentioned. Our main topics of uh, interest in our economic present, I guess you could say, uh, gaming, convention, sports, entertainment. Uh, sports gaming is separate from gaming. That has been explicit and makes sense. So uh, conventions, obviously, shows like CES are huge. Uh, sports Formula One is uh, supposedly going to be a huge event. Uh, entertainment, now that we have the sphere, how can we go wrong? So these are, uh, and gaming, of course. So gaming actually has bounced back pretty well from, uh, from the pandemic times. The economic diversity plan, while still sensible, uh, was basically made a high priority because of the empty streets. The strip with no people on it was alarming. And a number of things, uh, uh, putting all the eggs in one basket does put our eco economic uh, future and present at risk, of course, so it makes sense to diversify. To diversify at the expense of other components, successful components of the economy may be questionable. Myself, uh, full disclosure, I think the risk of gentrification uh, that would result from importing companies from California startups, making this the new home of California startups, for example, uh, is a risk because you can price out the people that make possible a large part, not, I don't know if it's number one, I don't think it actually is, but a definitely top five contender for what powers our economy, whether they're uh, dealers in gaming, whether they are uh, in the service industry, in our huge food and beverage um mecca that this is if you want any sort of uh, cuisine we probably have it and if not we will uh people who run conventions and so on so these people uh could be priced out and this has already arguably happened as a result of the pandemic uh cost of living increases the 25 to 40 percent increases in rent our housing market is a little chaotic right now there are thousands of open jobs on the strip because not everybody either wants to or is still around to work. Uh, the F Durango and Fontainebleau are opening with thousands more jobs. And there's going to be uh, between, I think it's now, but November, certainly, and uh, March, I believe it is. Uh, so the latter half of 2023, or the latter quarter, into the first quarter of 2024, we have, uh, I think it's 15 shows. I didn't clip that headline, but we have 15 shows, I think it is, uh, bringing in billions of dollars to our economy. So a lot of this is based on visitors, tourism, service industry. And so the culinary union is, is looking at better wages and work conditions, which is sensible. They do power a non-trivial component of our economy. And you learn about these things when they make headlines. So we are uh, thousands of people more populated from California, thousands of people and businesses have moved to Las Vegas. Uh, there's a headline in the Review Journal to that effect from January, I believe it is, uh, 2023. Thousands of businesses have moved here 
and people. What's not immediately obvious until you read down into the article is that that's over, um, I believe it was six or eight years. It might be between census periods even. So the headline and, of course, the reposts and likes and celebration on LinkedIn, which always follows because we are a headline-reading culture, uh, that's over many years. It's not this year, which is the implication. There's also an implication when you see things like that, that, uh, and especially I think there was another article recently that thousands or the, the number one destination of California millennials, I think is Las Vegas, something like that. You can find all these articles on Review Journal, uh, a fine, fine news outlet. The only one, really, of, uh, of note. The problem is that there's a presumption when you talk to the economic development folks or people on the ground who are not paying attention, they just go by headlines. There's this immediate reflexive uh, excitement that people moving here from California, they must be moving here from Silicon Valley to start tech unicorns to make everybody rich. Uh, well, that's not how that works, but also people moving from Silicon Valley are not necessarily moving to Vegas. They also could consider moving to Austin or North Carolina, uh, Research Triangle perhaps, or somewhere in New York or somewhere in Utah or somewhere in Arizona. There are, there are a myriad of choices depending on where you are trying to be entrepreneurial, where you have an existing company that will fit into an existing ecosystem, et cetera. So there's this reflexive pondering that certainly people moving from California are here to start tech unicorns. Not always true. In fact, somebody's got to capture some stats on that. Uh, now, there was an interesting, by the way, so we have, uh, we have two articles that I think are pretty indicative of this headline culture that we have here. Uh, Las Vegas is the number one pre-IPO destination, I guess, uh, for early stage startups pre-IPO fundraising or some something like that. If you read the article, the headline is extremely optimistic. But when you read the article or even read the study about the art, or the article is about a study. If you read the study, the it's number one of second tier places. Uh, factor out Austin, Silicon Valley, et cetera. So of the places that are not number one, Las Vegas is number one. And I'm not being intentionally cynical. I'm trying to take an honest view that there are places that are actually number one in various ways. Uh, if we read those headlines and celebrate what we are not, then we do not progress towards what we could be if we are already celebrating incorrectly or disingenuously even. Uh, thousands of companies moving here over the air. That, that is another link I have in the show notes. So those two also on the review journal. The review journal, which was not interested in covering our hackathon. So... The, uh, they also have an article about the innovation district, not the one we already have, but a new one, a couple miles, a couple miles Southwest of the one we have by we, I mean the city of Las Vegas, uh, the new one proposed for Clark County would be closer to the tech park, which is, um, since you probably don't know where that is, it's near the Ikea, which you probably do the, <laughs> because who goes to the tech park? Fewer people than go to Ikea, I imagine. And certainly more people know about Ikea. It's much more visible from the street, certainly. So there's another article in there. I already talked about this in our previous episode, number 33, um, Mind the Gap. The gap between 
things they want to build, things that we think we have, and things that we want to have. So what are we going to do? Our secret entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem. I say secret because people don't know about it. They know what makes headlines. They celebrate headlines. The headlines are not necessarily, I don't know if you know this, headlines are often written by editors. So while the journalist, the reporter, the columnist, the uh, normal person sending in a contribution, they write the article. They write the body and the formatting and headline are typically constructed by the editorial staff or the editor, if there is one. The, the headline is there to grab your attention, to get clicks in the modern era, to uh, stand out on the newsstand if there was one. So I can't blame uh, the individual reporters at places like the Review Journal. They are told what to do. They have a deliverable content and so on. So the the fact is, even if they are interested in talking about local entrepreneurial ecosystem topics, local innovation, that's not necessarily in the business interest of the paper or the website for the paper. And the headlines are created to uh, get clicks, get readership, not necessarily to send accurate messages. And so when we share the headlines on LinkedIn and everybody uh, everybody from the city of Las Vegas, for example, automatically reflexively clicks the like button on LinkedIn. They celebrate premature celebration, I think. Um, reading the articles, though, uh, often a different story. And unfortunately, the different story for local startups is often none because it's just not as interesting as a stadium or a big sphere with an eyeball on it to talk about your startup. Now, when I lived in Silicon Valley... Uh, a long time ago, 10 years plus. But back in 2008, uh, I actually took a class called Leadership Sunnyvale. There's a Leadership Las Vegas. It's pretty expensive, if I recall. Leadership Sunnyvale, we got to learn about how the city functions, the, the you know, planning and uh, uh, public works, and DPS, Department of Public Safety. Uh, Sunnyvale has the only unified public safety department, I guess, in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, for a city of size. I think there's one other city, very small. But Sunnyvale at the time had a population of about 120,000. Now it's up over 140. I think it's 150, maybe more. I haven't checked the census lately, but it's the only city of size with um, triple, cha- triple trained uh, Department of Public Safety officers. You could be a police, fire, or EMT. They're trained for all as they used to say, uh, the police are often the first on scene for any emergency. And so they have all of their fire equipment in the trunk or the back of the SUV or whatever vehicle they have. So the first person on scene for a fire might be a police officer, but they are ready to go. Uh, and also, uh, the police don't need to pull you over if you cut off a firefighter, uh, returning to, uh, or heading out to a fire even, but, uh, the police, are not necessary. The firefighters in Sunnyvale can pull you over. So can the EMTs, in fact, not the private ambulance companies. But if you're a uh, city EMT, you can pull people over, write them tickets because you're also a police officer. Always kind of fun. And by the way, they do have a joke. They, it's on the ready for anyone in Sunnyvale DPS. If you ask what's the difference between being a firefighter and a police officer, as if they've uh, been practicing it for years. Uh, well, when you're a firefighter people wave at you with all five fingers so always a good one so entrepreneur solve problems 
when we were in Sunnyvale, because there was no local media and we had learned all this stuff about our city and, and like, where would you go to learn all this? Or where, how do you even know what's happening? There was a local paper called the Sunnyvale Sun. It was published by um, Sidewalk Media, I think it was, which was a Dan Polcrano project. Uh, we had one reporter and one photographer that did not live in Sunnyvale, and they would report on things now and then. Uh, not a lot of on-the-ground interviewing, not a lot of in-person reporting, certainly no, no interviews at scale, right? Occasional political coverage and so on. So one of my classmates in Leadership Sunnyvale and I started Radio Sunnyvale, which was a podcast network for local journalism. Uh, we would actually talk. We were the only local news organization, including the Sunnyvale Sun, that interviewed all of the uh, city council candidates. There were three seats opening, so there were six candidates, incumbent and new. Uh, so we interviewed all six individually uh, in collaboration with the local Chamber of Commerce. And that was our coming out party. That's when people uh, found us. And we would do shows about doing business in Sunnyvale, about uh, topics like the downtown revival. It had been a blighted area. And uh, the various shenanigans about uh, turning it around. And that took like over a decade. <laughs> it was uh, pretty crazy. But it's now come around and uh, it's, it's looking a lot better. So we would talk to, to business people doing retail business there. We would talk to small companies. Uh, I remember a particularly good one with uh, 8x8, which sponsors the Jitsi platform, which I like to use for my video calls. Not a big fan of Zoom. So yeah, Sunnyvale was fun, and it was a great opportunity to talk to people because these were our neighbors, business, personal, etc. So that's, we saw a problem. We had some inkling that, there was a way to solve it. And we did. I actually met with Dan Pelcrano to talk about some collaborations, but then 2008 rolled around. Like I said, we did this in 2008, uh, as about a year, a year into it that we realized, uh, there's potential here, but everybody's pulling back on investment because of the bank crisis, the, uh, chaos of the, the subprime mortgages and so on. So that sort of withered, but the bottom line, entrepreneurs saw problems. We saw a problem. We decided to try to fix it. And we did address it in our way. And we actually got listenership. People were interested in what we were talking about because we were doing it on the ground. We can do the same here. So entrepreneurs solve problems. That's what we do. Why are we not building our own news outlet to cover what the mainstream misses? That's the question I've been asking for a couple months now, coming up on a year. When I say we, and I've just literally said that entrepreneurs solve problems. I am already working on that. But my question has always been, why am I the one working on it and not a, a room full of people that are interested and interesting and want to see more coverage, more discussion, more attention paid to all these efforts, a lot of money and a lot of time being spent on our innovation hub. Yet the headlines are about some fantastic notions and very rarely talk about what's actually happening closer to the ground. Uh, central planning is not the best way to go, in my opinion. Uh, leaving it to the bigger news outlets, Review Journal, the TV stations, Las Vegas Weekly to cover you know, events and so on. Leaving it to someone else is very rare. Well, that's not what entrepreneurs do in general. <laughs> you see a problem, you don't say somebody else should fix that. Uh, gaps and problems in need of a solution are opportunities, and entrepreneurs uh, often do that. 
they uh, tackle those. And it doesn't have to be a tech, although certainly a web-based platform is uh, probably the only way to, to do it at this point. But uh, local media covering what people are doing locally is not simply a matter of technology. Uh, anyone can throw up a throw up <clears throat> a, a WordPress website, and you have a news platform that you can publish to. The problem is publishing to it and knowing that people will visit it and make use of it and add content to it or be available to have their content added to it, whether they tell a story or publish a picture or a press release. And the problem with our current setup is you must ask, uh, as I did for our International Space App Challenge, can you cover this? The response I got was, we could cover it day of, and I asked about four to six weeks before. I said, what the problem is, I need people to know that it's happening. If they don't know it's happening, there won't be much to cover. And we didn't have enough people to warrant having an in-person event with food and snacks and sponsors and, and things because there was simply no interest in that level of participation. We had 12 people actually participate, so I'm not discounting that. Uh, those people did well. They submitted project. Four teams uh, submitted projects of the six that participated. Uh, 12 people across the six teams, uh, various sizes and so on. I just did an episode of the Let's Innovate for Vegas audio program about hackathons, including an update on the outcome of that. You can check that out. But no coverage, no interest, because we didn't build a stadium or pave a road. We didn't commit any crimes, as far as I know, so we don't get any attention. Uh, our innovation culture depends on people such as those that did participate of all ages. Uh, my personal theory is that it's going to take 10 years to develop the innovation culture that we think we have now. And so that's seventh grade today, age 12, will be 22 in 10 years. That's graduating from four years of college, entering the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Not that you have to be 22 to found a company. You could do it today at any age. But statistically, our population of entrepreneurially inclined and enabled college graduates or vocational school graduates or people who have just simply started their own company, maybe after high school. Once you're 18, it's a little bit easier to do the paperwork. So over the next 10 years, we need to have a certain amount of interest, and that starts now. And if our local media doesn't talk about it, we should find another way. Uh, you can certainly post on Twitter. You can post on Facebook. You can post on Las Vegas's favorite business outlet, LinkedIn. Hopefully the algorithms will favor you and people will see your post. If you don't tag the right number of people and use the right hashtags and post frequently enough with enough words and use local content instead of linking off the site, you may not get quite the exposure you're hoping for. And most people using LinkedIn <clears throat> may or may not know about how that algorithm impacts what they see. So you post on LinkedIn, hope for the best. You can post on Twitter, Facebook. Does anybody use Facebook? I don't know. TikTok, Instagram. You can try all these things. Your algorithm will help or hurt you, and people may not have any idea what's happening. So what I would like to see and what we're pursuing with Innovate for Vegas, with our My Muni project and Smart Social and Open Data Capture, all kind of mixed together in an integration of the ages, uh, is a is a platform that we have some control over that will 
start from the bottom up, so to speak, to enable actual people to share information and knowing what they're going to see and how they're going to see it. And I think possibly very importantly, the ability to aggregate and publish uh, without algorithms your blog post or your presentation or press release about your company. Uh, If you're opening a new coffee shop, bar, restaurant, retail shop, startup, tech company, biotech, uh, consultancy, whatever you're doing, in order to get any attention, you have to post to the right places that have the right number of followers with an algorithm that will support your effort and hope for the best. Uh, If we have a functional entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem, That should not be left to someone in another state, another country, to decide who sees what you're doing. People around your business, people in your communities, people in Greater Vegas. If you're in Vegas, Greater Vegas, uh, you have a startup, you're launching something, you're doing something, and we have to hope that the algorithm from some faraway place that is not purpose-built to serve our communities uh, will let us know maybe if we're lucky, well, that's a problem. And if we have to rely on local reporters and news platforms to maybe take an interest in something happening, or maybe it's just not as interesting as a giant eyeball or a tennis ball or baseball or whatever on a, a spherical venue, those things are just more interesting, I suppose. So it's not difficult to do this. That's the important part. And so that's one of the focus areas for our innovation effort. Uh, And it's a high priority because people need to know, not only do people need to get around, that's our open transit project, people need to know what's happening. People need to know not only the news, which already gets a lot of coverage, but community news, focus news on uh, local issues that are not as as, uh, globally interesting as uh, paving the Formula One raceway track or tearing down the trap for the sake of a baseball stadium or whether a basketball team is going to come to Vegas, etc. Yay, the Fontainebleau is finally opening. What about, you know, a thousand potential startups in some aspirational, nascent or early stage of their existence, their climb up the mountain? If nobody ever talks about it, you cannot simply go to one event every month and be surrounded by 99 or 119 other people that you see every month talk about the same things and believe that that is how we communicate what is happening on the ground. Uh, Not everything is tech. Oftentimes uh, a new food truck will launch, a new coffee shop will open, a new bar will open, and it comes down to whether the DTLV Instagram account posts a picture on Instagram that you get discovered or, you know, you're launching a new ice cream shop on this on uh, Fremont. You have to time it right on social media so people have any idea what's happening. Uh, There has to be a better way, and there is, and that's something that we're working on at Innovate for Vegas, but it's something that we should be thinking about as entrepreneurs so that we can play a role in how we craft our story, how we craft it, how we share it, how we tell it. Uh, And this is something that the downtown project got really correct, in my opinion. Uh, If you are from the downtown project era, You may recall there was an entire group of uh, media production folks. Um, uh, His name, last name White. Uh, I can't remember his name. The it'll come to me. Uh, Let me pause and look it up. 
Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I took a quick break there. Uh, full disclosure, I did. <laughs> I don't look it up. I couldn't remember his first name. Freeman White, the third, uh, was basically the uh, the head, the lead, the the driver. The uh, he actually was a professional, still is, professional content creator, movie credits, and so on. So Freeman drove a lot of downtown video production for documenting the project. There was also um, Amy Groth wrote. Uh, a book. She was part of the downtown project, embedded, if you will, and wrote a book after about the kingdom of happiness. Uh, Amy is actually taking an interest in our retrospective project, which I'm sure I'll talk more about as it finally takes shape, because that's another thing we need to look at is what worked and what did not in the downtown project days. We have a footprint on which we are constructing this innovation future, yet we are looking at other cities and other places. And if we're going to do that, we should look at Estonia and the entire country. We should look at Shenzhen and that business development district, economic district in China. We should look at places like Austin, sure, but we should also look at Las Vegas itself. Downtown Project was an attempt to create an innovation district that was not merely tech. It had a, a nice, diverse spectrum of entrepreneurial endeavors and an interesting attempt at telling its own story at publicizing and talking about the downtown lowdown uh the the creation of content around that uh constantly telling stories there was a uh there were multiple websites that would cover things downtown cover events and goings on uh vegas tech fund would talk somewhat about the different startups the fremont east restaurants and so on. So there was there was at least storytelling happening. Whether it was covered by local media, local traditional news is a different story. That's, you know, for the archives. But the fact is, they were telling their own story. They, uh, I was never part of Downtown Project per se, but I was around. I saw it in person. I could see the energy and telling that story from first person is something everyone should consider doing. And then getting the word out is something you cannot wait for to be uh, blessed by Review Journal or Channel 8 or Las Vegas Weekly or <clears throat> any Greenspun property. So the essential component of making our secret entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem not so secret is to take back control of your story. Make sure you share it in the ways not just one way, in the ways that you want to or need to, and make sure that your stories can be found. Make sure that we make a big deal. Make it a priority to elevate the entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem by making it discoverable, by making it visible, by making sure that people can see what's happening, that they learn about what's going on, that when they come to Las Vegas, those 40 million people, they might be here for the uh, CES trade, not 40 million for trade show, but 40 million people through the year. Some of them are here for CES. Some of them are here for the kitchen and bath industry show. Some of them are here for the concrete show. Some of them some of them are here for SEMA. Some of them are here for EDC. Some of them are here for any number of trade shows, conferences. Maybe they're here to see you too. Maybe they're here to see, I could go on and on, obviously. Uh, while they're here though, they may discover your startup. They may discover your coffee shop, your food truck, your retail outlet, your um, event planning organization and the events that you're putting on that they might be interested in. You may generate additional business from that. You may be able to um, engage with some of those 40 million people, even though you're not on the strip, or maybe you are on the strip, who knows. 
So that's the take home. Our secret entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem should not be secret. We should not be depending on legacy media that does not have our, that's you and me, our best interests. I'm an entrepreneur just like you are. Uh, if you're not an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, well, get busy. Uh, nascent entrepreneurialism is a thing. <laughs> you don't even know you're an entrepreneur, but you, uh, you have it in you somewhere. Uh, no pressure. Don't feel like you need to be a entrepreneur or that you must have uh, an, entrepreneur to, uh, an entrepreneurial endeavor to fit in. We have those here too. Uh, pay no attention. <laughs> but uh, do consider being a part of the storytelling don't wait for someone else to do it. You should do it. And even if that means publishing your story under your control on a website that you control, on a platform that you have control over in some way, uh, don't leave it to Twitter and Facebook. Certainly don't leave it to TikTok and Instagram. Uh, take back the, the narrative and let us take part also in sharing it with modern tools, calendars, maps, timelines, don't rely on an algorithm stuffing a timeline with advertising and maybe every once in a while something that might help you. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, the Cafe Genius Impresarios audio program is always looking for guests to talk about our local entrepreneurial innovation ecosystem here in the greater Vegas area. And by the way, you don't have to be in Vegas. You just have to take an interest. You may be starting a company and you're considering coming to Vegas. You may be starting a company in Vegas. You may be adjacent to the entrepreneurial ecosystem in some way. You may be considering an innovation project. Maybe you're looking at that new innovation district in Southwest, uh, Clark County, not really so far down, but Southwest part of the center of the area, uh, <laughs> somewhere along sunset or near the 215, somewhere down there. Uh, so if you're thinking about that stuff uh, and you want to talk about it, well, that's what we're here for. We're also thinking about launching uh, some video stuff. Some people ask about video-based interviews. Uh, still would love to see Talks.Vegas take off. That will need some sponsorship for venues. Um, but there's a lot of storytelling to be done here. The retrospective project will certainly bring that to the fore because, like I said, Downtown Project really did a lot of work there to tell stories. Storytelling is critical. It's part of the whole start with why. So there you go. Like, subscribe, share, talk about, tell. I'm telling a story right now. You should too. Bye-bye.